Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I have been kicked off of PayPal and reinstated on PayPal three separate times because they keep getting confused about the work that I do. (laughs) Who are you, friend? Oh, fucking PayPal. Uh, I am Billy. I am a sex educator and porn maker. And really, you would think cross-promoting on those would just be, like, obviously a good idea. But frankly, it works in my favor just as often as it works against me. Yep. Yep. I feel that. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, Because I... (sighs) folks who have been listening for a minute know it's only relatively recently that I started like bringing all of it under the one umbrella of Billy doing like the sex education and the porn things and I went I don't know I spent a long time keeping those brands separate because I felt a lot of pressure to keep my education work professional and my porn work sexy and mm-hmm. I thought those were two things that were at odds with one another. Yep. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about how we as sexuality professionals in a lot of different realms uh, navigate that because it's weird and complicated. Yeah, um, I think that the word professional itself is so nebulous and like mm-hmm. comes from a place of like, classism and racism and Mm -hmm. um just centering certain values and like it's definitely something that I've felt a push and pull about within myself in the sense that Mm -hmm. like I do get frustrated when people behave in a manner I would consider to be unprofessional such as like hitting on someone while you're trying to send them a sex toy to review but -hmm. at the same time I think that, you know, there's a lot of people who are not taught like how to behave in a quote unquote professional way for Mm -hmm. structural reasons. And I don't think that it's something that we should have to necessarily aspire to um, in the same way that like we don't have to be quote unquote respectable to be good queers or whatever. Right. And in like even the things that are taught and the people that are taught is like the bits of professionalism isn't always helpful or frankly relevant in Mm -hmm. our industry, right? Like, so it is, I find it interesting that you talked about, um, like your example for unprofessionalism was like hitting on someone in terms of a sex toy review, because I definitely do think, um, particularly on the less porny side of things that I do, but though not always now that I'm saying it, um, have leaned on professionalism and like acting professionally as a not substitute, but like another version of boundaries. Mm. It's not my boundary. It is professional behavior. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying that that is, like, false or that that is a lie. Like, yeah, no, I think that is good professional etiquette and makes it a hell of a lot easier to reinforce my personal boundary Yes, when it happens to be in line with that. Yep. Um, But anyway, I think we're going to dig into that a whole lot more. Um, But to get us started, can you, like, folks who listen know this, but give us, like, a brush over of, like, 
where your work takes place online, like the podcast here, the blog, I know you write professionally, like where does it take place? And do you have different voices in those different places or is it all just Kate Sloan, girly juice talking? Yeah, it definitely is different voices for different mm-hmm. places. Like I would say right now, the bulk of my money is coming from writing for big publications. Mostly lately, it's been for GQ. Mm-hmm. Um, really just straight to the point info about sex toys. I'm not trying to infuse a lot of my own uh, like style or hotter takes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to weave in a little bit of like low key sex education as far as stuff like use a flared base when you're doing butt stuff or like mm-hmm. um, use lubes or whatever. And sometimes I'll do a little bit of like industry trivia, like talk about how a toy became famous or just random mm-hmm. facts that I happen to know about it. But uh, for the most part, it's very sort of like even keel tone. Whereas when I'm writing on my blog or in my newsletter or talking here, I'm much more likely to editorialize, like (laughs) talk about my own experiences, my own feelings and takes on a subject, even when they're maybe a little bit controversial. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also think that I tend to do weirder shit in all of those environments um, Mm -hmm. where like I have more creative control. I'm basically the boss of the situation. So if I want to do a deep dive and like read some random sex study from the 50s and talk about how it reminds me of a fan fiction story I read once, like whatever, (laughs) like I can Uh do all of that stuff, which uh, they would never pay me to do at a place Mm -hmm. like GQ. (laughs) So, So there's that. And then there's also like, social media like twitter and instagram are probably Mm -hmm. my two biggest social media things and like i have certain tones on those i would say that like Mm -hmm. i'm probably the most like informal and the most myself on twitter um Mm -hmm. and i tend to be like at least a little bit more polished on instagram but like i don't know Mm -hmm. sort of depends on my mood but yeah i do feel a little bit splintered sometimes in terms of the, the person who I am in all these different places. That makes a lot of sense. And you talked a lot about like the different kinds of topics that you feel comfortable talking about, or you feel like you like have space to talk about in those places. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about like the tone or the approach to talking about the things you talk about, right? Like, are you more likely to if you're writing something that feels more explicit to you or sexier to you are you more likely to put that in one place versus another right do you are you more like you talked a little bit about being more likely to get philosophical here but like you get kind of what I'm grasping at yeah I think it's interesting that you mentioned about being explicit um Mm -hmm. because I've actually noticed like I know it seems so ridiculous to be a sex writer and like be uncomfortable with explicitness but like Mm -hmm. I do still like get kind of nervous and squeamish about like just straight up describing sexual fantasies I've had or sex Mm -hmm. I've had in like a like a dirty talk porny erotica kind of way Mm -hmm. like it just um I don't know it kind of makes me nervous I think it's just because like I've been in like journalist mode sex educator mode for a lot of my career and mm-hmm. so I'm used to having a little bit of distance between me and the material, even when the material is about me and is about things I've learned. Like there's a little bit of distance between like the material as I'm presenting it and like my own experience of my sexuality and my my mm-hmm. sexual thoughts and everything. 
And I do think that it's like healthy to have some degree of that or at least to like know where your own line is about that and like how to yeah. tell if you're overstepping your boundaries because mm -hmm. um, I've definitely run into periods of like chronically overstepping my own boundaries in ways that just like mm -hmm. made me feel bad after a while. Like I just started to feel like low-key embarrassed or ashamed like all the time, <laughs> which you don't want. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say that the way that I talk about sex in a lot of my writing is the same as the way I talk about sex to my friends, which is like mm -hmm. couched in a lot of like nerdy shit and like humor and sometimes trying to sort of talk around the horny sexy bits because I guess I feel like that's like either too personal TMI or like not that interesting or something. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And I feel like it... I have felt similarly in that, like, either it's not that interesting or if you're, because I'm quite confident in my ability to write erotica well, and I know you are too, like, you, I've read your fan fiction, but, like, <laughs> we're also good at writing sexy things in sexy ways. We also have spent a lot of time sexting, like, <laughs> we do know how to do those things, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I have also, like felt like if you are here for this thing to be sexy, you can't be getting the educational bit out of it. Mm, yeah. Or if you're here for this, the educational bit, you don't care about the sexy things. That's boring. You don't want to, that's not right. part of what I'm, like, and I don't know that that's true. You know, that makes me think about a common criticism I've heard of porn made by Nina Hartley, who's like a legendary mm. porn performer who also mm -hmm. I think is a sex educator. And I think she yes. is, is or was a registered nurse. And so she's like, yes. the education piece of things is like really important to her. And you see mm -hmm. that in a lot of her porn where like sometimes she will just sort of either pause what she's doing or continue what she's doing and explain what she's doing, like mm -hmm. why she's touching certain areas on herself or on someone else and like giving tips for the viewer. And I dated someone once who said, and I have also seen this opinion expressed in some porn comment sections of like, I just can't get into it because like she, it takes me out of the moment that she's explaining stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. to me, that's, that makes it so fun. Like there's something actually yeah. like both fun and hot about her like having this mastery, this knowledge of what she's doing and being able to explain it while doing it. Like to me, that's yeah. actually really hot. But I can sort of get why somebody might also feel that way. It's, it just depends on like what you're into and what you're used to, I guess. Yeah. And I also think for people who are not used to talking about the sex they're having while they're having it, yeah. having that kind of conversation could be off-putting. It it's like, why am I suddenly in a classroom instead of in bed? Whereas we're like, no, my partner explains to me in detail what gets them off <laughs> all the time. That's we, we find that hot, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. For me, similarly, like, I... Things that are sexy and hot push a button in my brain that, like, feels good and gives me tingles or whatever. But there is also, like, something that I find, like, tingly and stimulating and fascinating about learning weird sexy things or fascinating things or something that piques my curiosity or, like, engages me in that way. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have felt that in myself been, like, both, wow, that's sexy and fascinating and, like been engaged in that way but for some reason it's harder for me to imagine other people experiencing that and I guess it's because it's not something we see role modeled all that much in the general public yep it's true I want to bring us back a little bit though um 
because you talked about how like at this point you don't tend to talk particularly explicitly or in a way that feels like sexting in your writing. Um, but you've been doing this for a minute and I don't think that was always true necessarily of your like writing as girly juice and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about how that has evolved, like your relationship to that early on and what kind of changed that for you? Yeah, I think that when you scroll back to the very beginning of my blog, you see me trying out a lot of different styles that were just like the styles of sex bloggers I was reading at that time. So Mm -hmm. you'll see like snarky sex toy reviews that are like a little bit meaner and more pointed even than like some reviews I would write now because I was emulating our friend Epiphora who just like Mm – has a legendary singular voice. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I shouldn't have even attempted to uh, imitate her, but you know, it is how it is part of how I learned to, you know, learned what my own style is. But one thing that you'll also see if you scroll all the way back there is some entries that are just like me writing erotic stories about things that had actually happened to me. And I forget if I was reading like Girl on the Net at that point or like various other sex bloggers who were doing that kind of thing. And I do really like to read that type of blog. Like if I care about the person who's writing it and think that they're a good and engaging writer, I will gladly like follow their sexual adventures. I will sometimes jerk off to those posts or sometimes just, you know, laugh at them or enjoy them. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's I don't think that it's something that I'm terribly good at myself um i just think that for whatever reason like the emotional and psychological and sometimes scientific side of sex is like what i'm better at talking about in my writing and and explaining and conveying and and like weaving into the story and so like Mm -hmm. i do want to get more comfortable with it because I do think there's definitely moments to deploy that sort of erotica style of voice in the type of writing that I like to do but uh, I just don't see it as particularly my strong suit or something that Mm. I'm like especially interested in writing Mm -hmm. um, with the exception of some occasional fan fiction as you mentioned Uh, but yeah that makes sense yeah I definitely in writing early on have felt both pressured to like sound more academic or like a little drier or whatever and less sexy because like I am educating and needing to like sound professional, whatever that means or any of those things, respectable enough to be listened to, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And other times I have felt more pressured to be like, well, I'm writing about sex, so it better be sexy, right? Because, like, that's just what it is. And, like, I don't know, those the sexiness always felt kind of shoehorned into them. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like, at least in the education work I've been doing, like, last year and in this year in my workshops and stuff, I feel like I have found a balance where, like, I get to tip into suddenly being like really hot or saying something explicit or whatever for either humor or emphasis or to demonstrate a thing or frankly because it engages the audience's interest if like I'm like yeah dirty talk like this and then suddenly I'm like big wide eyes and on my knees and like and you just say something like this right Mm -hmm. and then go back to the other thing right like 
it makes the presentation dynamic and I have found ways to engage that and like deploy it in ways that feel interesting and that feel like a fun balance between sexiness in a way that does feel genuine to how I am like if I'm being sexy and flirting with someone Mm -hmm. and still being like educational and entertaining and here to talk about the thing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I was thinking about a lot in talk- when we were talking about this is uh, uh, Lee Cowart from who wrote Hurts So Good mm-hmm. um, whose writing style like which was a really well received book like in mainstream audiences and mm-hmm. like talks about the science of pain and things and has this quite flowery almost erotic tone to it in a lot of parts right Mm -hmm. um which i think they deploy to like explain to like put masoch put non-masochists in our shoes and explain why how how it could feel great and i think they're fantastic at that yeah um but like it is not a tone i'm used to hearing Mm -hmm. in a widely received book about sexuality yep so like I I don't know I'm excited to find my own tone in that I'm excited to see other people playing with that balance and see the ways that it can look and like more of that out there and at the same time I'm kind of coming back to what I said early on about boundaries and the ways that like I don't know the years that I've spent doing sex writing online and encountering people who thought the fact that I talked about sex online was an invitation to be sexy at me all the time mm-hmm. meant that I put up these like professionalism walls and I like really distinctly noticed it when I was doing an impact workshop recently and it has a demo in it and I make all like I playfully sexually spank my partner throughout the whole thing and like it has moments that we make hot moments whatever mm-hmm. but like someone replied in the chat and was like um I can't hear the impact sounds and it fully threw me because I was like, bro, this ain't porn. It don't matter that what you just need to hear the slaps. What do you got your dick out? What do you? <laughs> it's not that it's not that big a deal. But suddenly I was like, this guy's just in here perving on me. He can't possibly be paying attention to anything I'm saying because yeah. he wants to hear the sounds of the slaps and he must be, just be a creepy, pervy cis dude watching me. No, yeah. that's not. But that's the narrative I got like. And those are instantly the walls that came up around, like, excuse me, this is the academic side of the things that I did. I yeah. fuck on camera. you, I'm, <laughs> And I'm spanking my partner's bare ass. Like, yeah, maybe you're sexualizing this a little bit. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It was, it's just <sighs> interesting that, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even quite know where the question is. I guess have you also felt that you've had to, like, kind of create those walls for safety from like readers as well as from how we're viewed professionally from you know people who might hire us yeah absolutely like a lot of my discomfort with it now is directly related to things that have happened to me um and some of them are more intense things people harassing me repeatedly in the dms Mm. sending unsolicited dick pics like making sexual threats that kind of thing don't love that um Mm -hmm. 
But some of them are more kind of in a what some people might see as a gray area. Like, for example, if I uh, post a blog post that's like about how I enjoy giving blowjobs to my partner and some random mm-hmm. guy in the replies is like, I'd love if you would deep throat me like that. Like some people might be like, you're inviting that by writing about that. But like to me, that is crossing a line that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was nothing about my post that indicated <laughs> that that was something I'm inviting. Um, right. And it's just just when stuff like that happens over and over again, it really kind of Pavlov's dog style makes you not want to open up in those ways. It just starts mm-hmm. to feel really uncomfortable and vulnerable. And I'll also say another group of another cluster of things that has happened to me that has influenced my boundaries in this regard is people thinking they can like criticize my kinks and my sex life. Like mm-hmm. people saying, oh, you can't do daddy dom little girl role play because actual sexual assault exists in the world and i'm like yeah i know like that's kind of part of what i'm working through when i do that type of role play and like um i just think it's really wild how as soon as you open up about your sex life there will always be people who will have inappropriate unasked for shit to say about it as if their opinion is of any relevance whatsoever and yeah. uh, and as if there is such a thing as a moral absolute. And I just find it really off-putting. I've gotten into huge arguments with people about it on social media. And it's just, like, not worth the stress for me. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes I've thought about, like, putting my Twitter on private or whatever. But I don't know that that would even get rid of these people. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I've just, yeah, I've gotten much more prickly over the years about, like, letting people see the more vulnerable sides of me and like a lot of that content is paywalled for that reason you know yeah yeah well and that kind of brings me to something else I wanted to talk about in terms of like I don't I feel like we both came to this with some degree of exhibitionism for lack of a better word right yours definitely (laughs) doesn't manifest the way mine does um but like some degree of no we like reading and talking about this public like sexuality is the thing that we are fascinated in with and we feel some drive to talk about that publicly to share that with people to like yeah this it is a way that we socialize right like there's something in us that brings both of us to this i think mm-hmm. um and that obviously didn't go away or maybe it did but like i'm curious that impulse that puts you like oh i talk about the sex i'm having online i want to share these things with people like do you still have that impulse or do you write because it's your paycheck these days? And like when you have that impulse, where does it go given that's all a, that? You that's know? A, yeah, really interesting point. And I do think that like because I've had various therapists over the years, thankfully not my current one, but a uh, previous mm. therapist who would be like, huh, so you've made your entire living writing about sex. Like what do you think that that says about you or about your psychology? And I'm always like, um, nothing. Okay. I just wanted a job <laughs> that I was interested right. in. But like if I'm really honest with myself now after like a lot more therapy and self-reflection – I definitely do think when I was younger and I started the blog when I was 19, um, Mm -hmm. I was much more in a space of like craving attention and validation. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that those are bad things. Like I know when people hear (laughs) that type of phrase, they're like, that's awful, especially if it's a woman, I feel like Um, because, or, or like even queer and trans people in general, I think like get decried for like, uh, 
wanting or craving or trying to get attention as if that's a bad thing and not just like a literal social evolutionary thing that's built into us as humans. Um, But I do think that I had learned and I continued to learn over the years that it was a really reliable way to get attention was to be Mm -hmm. someone who could talk openly about sex and about what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And there are many situations in which that served me well. Uh, But I do think that as I've gotten older, wiser, more secure in myself and less interested in the fleeting validation of people whose opinions I don't even actually care about, Mm-hmm. Uh, namely a lot of straight men. Um, I like some of the fire has gone out of it for me mm-hmm. in terms of that feeling of like flirty urgency of like, ooh, it's so fun that I get to talk about my sex preferences on the internet. Like it's still fun mm-hmm. in a way. Like I still enjoy the craft of it. I enjoy bonding with other people who are nerdy in the same way, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have that like deep emotional sexual urgency for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's a good thing overall. Because I think it makes my content overall better here and elsewhere because I'm less concerned with sounding sexy and more concerned with just like, I'm going to say what I fucking think and what I feel and what I've been through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think I am somewhere in between there. Like it definitely, I definitely came to the internet because it was fun to get to just have this separate section of my life that I could just talk about all of the things in, like all mm-hmm. the sexy things. And there was the like, ooh, I'm at my like real normal job. But I said, <laughs> I just said a horny thing on Twitter. And it's going <laughs> to like it and it's going to turn me on. Like, yeah, that was fun. That's not interesting to me quite the same way anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm sitting here working, editing porn of me getting railed. It's not all that <laughs> titillating to be like, wow, I really wish I was sucking dick right now. Send. Um, <laughs> it's just a different thrill. Um, but at the same time, there is a kind of socializing that happens online that is different from like the way I socialize hanging out with someone in my room, the way going out to a bar with a couple of people, right? Mm -hmm. There is, I don't know, it is a different social experience to spend an afternoon being like quite very online, talking to a lot of people and like posting things and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, there is, like, some fun in that. Like, I get my exhibitionistic stuff from being like, look at this porn that I spent all week working on and editing down and getting you my beautiful this beautiful little thing that I've culled out. Like, that taps that button and also pays my bills and things. Yep. Um, but, like, there is also a kind, like, a something of just low stakes socializing and, like, chatting and just sharing thoughts and things that like I really tamped down on for a while that I was like no social media is my job now Mm -hmm. so if I have an idea for social media if I have an idea for a horny thing all right well do I have a picture that goes with that how do I call that down so the tweet is short enough to do well because like Twitter doesn't like long things and you know (laughs) yeah um and the past couple of weeks months whatever i've been trying to get back to like no i don't know sometimes i just have like a vaguely horny idea or i think of something kind of funny and want to throw it out into the ether Mm -hmm. because 
humans-like connection, and Twitter has wedged its way into the middle of that interaction these days. <laughs> um, and, like, it has been kind of nice to also figure out, like, I don't know, rediscover what it's like to be sexy online just because that's also kind of fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to be a little sexier online and thinking about the fact that like I don't know five to seven years ago I would just post like full nudes on Twitter like Mm -hmm. just casually uh, or like lingerie selfies whatever like I had no issue with it I was completely confident about it and I recently received a promotional bikini in the mail from a (laughs) cam company and I tried it on and I was like this is so funny this is just like so different from anything I would normally wear so I took Mm -hmm. some pictures and I was looking at them and I was like they're kind of hot maybe I should tweet them and I did but I was like I felt so different about it than I used to feel um Mm -hmm. when I would post those in my early to mid 20s like I just I was thinking about like all the editors who follow me and all the people who follow me who could potentially employ me for various things, as well as just like all the cool media people from non-sex world who I admire who follow me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, are they going to think that I'm like the weird sex girl? And it's like, I mean, they already kind of know that. That's kind of probably why they followed me. So maybe I need to just chill about it. No, but I feel similarly. Like I... It was a weird tipping point when, like, there are way, way more people in my life now that just follow me on Twitter, like, in my regular life than don't, like, the majority Mm -hmm. of people I know. So, like, I don't know, there are days when, like, I went into work at a sexuality company and, like, my boss mentioned something I said on Twitter yesterday. Mm. And I don't know, the thing they mentioned was fine, but, like, I had tweeted some other things the day before and other days and things where I'm like, (laughs) oh... So if you read that, you also read that, like, detailed thing about what I did to my cunt. Nice. Cool. Great. That's (laughs) – you signed my paycheck. Um, (laughs) So, like, that definitely, like – or, like, anyone I have sex with that I want to, like, yell about the sex I had and the, like, filthy, exciting thing that happened is going to see it. Mm -hmm. Also, probably – you know maybe their ex or like (laughs) other people they know people that i have also fucked recently (laughs) who might feel some type of way about the other people that i fucked like everyone is in on the conversation now which was also not always true Mm -hmm. um which like is probably good and healthier for me as like a full human being with all all my facets connected and things and also makes it real weird to like just be like wow man that dick i just sucked fucking great man love that (laughs) such a good dick it's like or or even just be like god i just uh, love the feel of like a particularly thick dick you know here and then i'm like oh that guy with a like slender long dick who i super enjoyed fucking last week is gonna read that oh no you know like just (laughs) fucking yeah. Oh, the internet has just done so much to us.
This episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by Jerkmate.com. One of the things we talk about in this episode is how I used to do cam shows, but eventually stopped for a variety of reasons. But if our discussion has you craving a cam show, you're in luck. Jerkmate.com has a huge variety of models online right now who are available for kinky fun. No matter what you're looking for in terms of gender, sexual interests, or other criteria that catch your eye, odds are great that you can find models on Jerkmate.com to connect with who will check those boxes for you. You can choose between just watching, being watched, or doing both at once in a cam-to-cam session. Some performers even have interactive vibrators you can control from your phone while you watch them to make you feel even more involved in the action. Sounds fun and hot, right? Go to jerkmate.com, that's J-E-R-K-M-A-T-E.com, to create your free account using our promo code DILDORKS10, that's D-I-L-D-O-R-K-S-1-0, and you'll get 10 free gold tokens for your first private chat sessions. You must be 18 or older to join. Thanks for the support. But I do want to, so I know you have, like, you don't do quite as much sex work stuff now, but you have dabbled in things over time. Was that voice different from, say, your blog, like, when you're blogging on Girly Juice or when you're talking on here? Did you feel pressured to, like, put on a sexier persona when you were selling that stuff? Or less so because you knew they were coming to... Girly juice. I know it wasn't really, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of like when I go to conferences or events or whatever where I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm known mostly for my like online persona. I'm always like, I'm gonna put on the Kate Sloan costume now. Like because it's like I am mm-hmm. I am Kate Sloan offline. I am me. Like I do think that my online persona is like fairly in line with who I am, but like anybody, mm-hmm. it is a polished, you know, highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say put on the Kate Sloan costume, I mean like change out of the sweatpants that I'm wearing and into like a cute, brightly colored dress and like do my mm-hmm. eyeliner and everything. Like, you know, it's just it's I'm presenting myself the way I want to present myself, but it's also the way that I'm understood to be oh, in yeah. the world. Um, my whole face shape changes when I become Billy. Like you can watch <laughs> me turn it on. I can like I can see it in the mirror, and I've had people unprompted comment. Like, oh, you just turned on the performer thing. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I'm the same me. And yep. this is a very particular performance. Or mask. I'm reading a lot about autism. Well, that's a different episode. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah. So in similar ways, I do think that when I was doing sex work type stuff, I was putting on sort of a, you know, psychological costume of who I expected they expected me to be. And I do mm-hmm. think, I know you know this, like in the set, in the in the online sex work space, um, a lot of times if people are seeking out your content specifically, it's because there's something about you as a specific human that they're interested in. Like they're not just Googling boobs. They want to see <laughs> mine for some reason. And I generally assume that that's because they think my brain is hot because my brain is mostly what I've put out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Compared to the amount of my body that's out there, there's a lot more brain, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um and so I am usually in the in those types of interactions, like bringing a little bit of the like humor and like friendliness that I try to convey in my writing. Um, mm. 
But again, as with the Nina Hartley problem, like it's hard to know where the right <laughs> where the right line is to draw on that. Because yeah. like when I used to do cam sessions with people, I would really just have to read the vibe. Like, does this person want me to be more sort of like friendly and jovial or do they want me to just like kind of shut up and moan, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and sometimes you can ask that directly, but I feel like a lot of the skill of doing that type of work can be reading the vibe accurately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something I like struggled with and felt pressured to like, I very consciously in like doing sex work, like I've dabbled in it, you know, for a good long time, but this version of like endeavoring to do sex work as Billy Lore and all of these things, like put conscious effort into like, okay, who is Billy? What does he look like? What does he do? Like, which facets of me go into that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there definitely was a, like, I don't know. I felt pressured to tamp down on a lot of, like, personality, frankly, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a little bit of masculinity talking. (laughs) Um, But also... Uh, the entire time we're having this conversation um, and I'm thinking about like the dichotomy of this like professional intelligent persona and this like sexy thing I have uh, there's a song uh, by Philip Laves called Hot and Dumb that is that is just him going just want to be hot and dumb seems (laughs) like it's a lot more fun (laughs) and that's just been going in my head because like that is like it feels like there is this degree of when we're playing up sexiness that hand in hand with that seems to be having to tamp down thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do love a like good head empty fuck toy mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it's not certainly not the only way to be sexy. And it's certainly not the only way I find people sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that, impulse that like we both have and I know a great many other people have had really interesting Mm -hmm. I will say also like part of where I run into problems with this is sometimes I think people mistakenly think that I'm flirting with them Mm -hmm. because I have forgotten to sort of turn off the tone that I'm just used to like (laughs) because sometimes I tweet in a tone that's like just generally flirty, fun, fun-loving, sex-loving, like that kind of vibe. And sometimes when mm-hmm. I'm like DMing with people, especially people who like I normally interact with in public tweets, I just like don't turn it off because I'm not really thinking right. about it. And then it's like, well, of course it comes across as flirty, even though like in my mind, it's just like friendly and professional in the way of like my specific type of sex job. Right. Um, and I think it's overall very confusing for people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense too. And I think that can like, people are also not super used to talking about sex at all outside of flirting things, like Mm -hmm. just the topic of conversation and the ease with which we're able to talk about it. Yeah. Reads as flirting to people who don't do that daily, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But then sometimes yeah. I am flirting and right. I feel like oh my God. like the okay. problem happens the opposite way where like they probably assume, well, she's just like that with everybody. It's not flirting. And uh, <laughs> maybe I need to get better at flirting. <laughs> so this is, no, so this comes to my, my, one of my big issues. I was gonna, I had a whole thing queued up. We just, I just <laughs> threw it out the window. I have a whole, whole new rant now because <laughs> A, I horny post for a living. How mm-hmm. the fuck am I supposed to just be horny on main when like my dick is hard and I want attention and distinguish that from, no, I want money to pay my bills. Like the mm. tweets look the same. Anyway. Right, right. <laughs> so that's just a separate annoying thing. But also like, yeah, I, I kind of flirt professionally mm-hmm. especially with like my colleagues and things and the mm-hmm. distinguish of like i respect you and i like you and this is wow you look so hot and this is incredible and like wow you look so hot want to maybe date like very different and i don't that's very hard to anyway because it does seem like when i see sex workers like especially porn performers flirting with other sex workers online on twitter like in public mm-hmm. tweets it does seem like at least in some cases part of that is like partially for followers to enjoy that Mm -hmm. kind of repartee because it's like sort of flirty and fun i remember enjoying seeing some of my favorite queer porn performers interacting on twitter especially if they were Mm -hmm. like oh we should work together when you're in town or whatever and like i would like fave the tweets like a creep um and so i can get that like if you're aware that that is happening, that you would want to maybe play that up and that it would be hard to tell if you were being sincere. Right. And hard to tell, like, so there's a degree of, like, a little bit of flirting when you want to work together. And there are people that I, like, excitedly want to work with. And there are people who I, like, excitedly want to fuck off camera and, like, spend considerably more time with and stuff distinguishing between those two it's tricky Mm -hmm. um and also a run into issues of like everyone has different approaches of what professionalism looks like Mm -hmm. um especially now that the industry is spread out so much between like professional industry stuff happening in Vegas and LA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and independent content creators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every couple of months I see like a, a tweet going around saying something along the lines of like collabing is hard because like I want to hang out and be friends and stuff. And like I, I get that, but like the other side of that is like, we also want to do our jobs and not all like I, I I need I need to have people I can do my job with and like if my job takes two hours and I have to hang out for two hours before I do my job now I'm working for four hours <laughs> and like frankly I would make more money doing that full service and providing the same fucking experience because I'm now hosting and entertaining right. right? Um, so like, yes, I would love to exclusively work with people that I will like spend a social six, eight hours with for funsies. Mm -hmm. That's not how everyone works. Um, and when you don't know how everyone's approach to collabs is, it's Mm -hmm. fucking complicated and weird to navigate. Mm -hmm. Um, and makes like, yeah. And, and so makes flirting really hard to read. Mm Mm-hmm. 
anyway, I got us way off track. We were talking about like this impulse to kind of tamp down on personality or whatever to have this like flatter, sexier, whatever version of ourselves. I talked about how I did that like pretty intentionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a year, year and a half or so later down the road from that, right? Looking at it and the things that I am most known for, the clients that are frankly the most fun to engage with and the ones that like support me the best, both financially and otherwise, and just like show up and stick around are A, the people who listen to the Dildorks and know me through this and know my Mm -hmm. personality there, and B, are like the people who have given me attention on like the bits of personality that slipped through, right? Like I get a ton of (laughs) talk about like my smile and how giggly and joyful I am and I like (laughs) minimize that a little bit because I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to be like my dick out just cheesing. Like I don't (laughs) really... supposed to be like the smolder right <clears throat> right <laughs> yeah um and like nah the 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 brand that still round wound up kind of shaping around me and being most beneficial for me is the sex nerdy joyful goofball who has a lot of sex with other trans people and i'm like oh that's also the fun thing i guess oh i should have just been leaning into that the whole time mm-hmm. okay great no i can I can do that. Yeah. So I think, well, that's rather interesting. That's making me think about how, like, often when I flirt with people in real life, it's in a way that's, like, a little bit in my subby, almost little girl persona, Mm -hmm. just because, like, that's often how I relate to people I'm attracted to in real life. And Mm -hmm. so if I was ever trying to flirt with someone in, like, a cam show context, I would sometimes just sort of automatically do that because, like, that's how I flirt. And then Mm -hmm. I would feel really vulnerable because I'm, like, a little bit in little space around someone who I don't actually know and don't even know if they're into that. Although I will say usually they are because, they're you know, they've asked me for a cam show. So I do get a lot of daddy doms in the DMs. But but so it's, like, that's part of why it's hard for me, too, is, like, and I'm sure that a lot of people feel similarly that like flirting is a vulnerable thing to do and like mm-hmm. not something that you can like turn on or off super easily, uh, at yeah. least not without there being some kind of like emotional toll of that. Yeah. And that is really like fascinating. It just kind of has me thinking about the ways that like uh, <sighs> flirting is a vulnerable thing, but like, I don't know, more broadly taking an action that is supposed to be sexy that is like not cute that happened to look sexy because you did it like which i also am quite good at oh that came out cute wow i just happened to look that way no but like making the bold move saying the like pick up line and winking at someone that like you can't play that off as anything other than like I was being sexy and it landed or it didn't. And that's fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and like, I don't know, doing that publicly as a persona that I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be that sexy thing. Oh, I failed at being that version of sexy. Oh, no. Is different Mm -hmm. from... I am publicly doing things I find sexy and things I, you know, talking about things I find sexy 
and fallen flat on my face or like yeah. doing the ways in ways I look sexy and like so I think there's I don't know and it also has me thinking that there's something interesting in that to like yeah there is I don't know a degree of like the 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 shield of professionalism to protect me from other people's like stepping over my boundaries and bad boundaries but also to protect the like fleshy little vulnerable thing in there that is very loudly online yep. about a f- widely accepted as pretty vulnerable thing <laughs> let's be honest yeah yep yeah <laughs> another part of this conversation that's really important is the limitations that have been put on talking about sex and doing sexy stuff online by laws like sesta fosta mm-hmm. um which have directly fucked with the livelihoods of many sex workers um mm-hmm. and i mentioned uh, like off the top that i had been banned from paypal three separate times and the reason is that i used to well i actually still do uh sell <laughs> porny images and videos on my website of myself Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is I believe that by the time that I got banned by PayPal I wasn't using PayPal for any of those services like they're fully on a different payment processor um, Mm -hmm. in part because I had heard about this possibility and I at that point in my life was getting paid I would say upwards of 90% of my income through PayPal Uh, And it's a little bit different now because I'm writing for publications, so I'm I'm earning a higher percentage through like direct deposit. But mm-hmm. um, they just like saw the fact that there was porn on my website at all, uh, whether it be porn of me or porn I was writing about or, or referencing, mm-hmm. and banned me from PayPal. And each and every time I had to hound them with calls and DMs and be like, my whole thing is I'm a journalist. Like I review sex toys. I write about them. And they would be like, you don't sell them. And I'd be like, no, I've never, I've never sold sex toys. It's not something I do. Um, And I'm not even using your service for porn, but I I never mentioned the porn to them because, you know, Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really fucked up. And like a lot of social media sites and payment processors, the vast majority of them um, are not fully accepting of, porn and people who make it and uh it's just not good it just makes everything less safe and less accessible for everyone yeah and it's it's frustrating because like i i do have some empathy for a lot of these companies right because like Visa and MasterCard and a bunch of senators are sitting in a room somewhere writing these guidelines and deciding that, like, we don't allow... And, like, you don't know, but I imagine these conversations as going something like, well, we'll ban the obviously really intense stuff (laughs) and all the other stuff will be fine, right? Mm -hmm. So you wind up with sentences like, you know, no extreme fisting or (laughs) or like four limbs bound in penetration or like, you know, intense uh, torture-like things, Mm -hmm. right? Because in writing, that sounds extreme. And if you're not a person who is like, ever seen someone get fisted yeah you can't imagine a version of that that's not violent right i imagine (laughs) like i i can see if you've never seen that happen like that can sound wild like like fringe kind of sexuality right yeah and those guys are sitting all in a room together making these decisions Mm -hmm. 
and refusing to have conversations with, you know, I don't know, the guy in charge of OnlyFans <laughs> who is trying to get a deal with MasterCard and like run payment processors, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets these restrictions and they're like, these guys are like, here are obvious restrictions on like the mean stuff. And the guy in charge of OnlyFans is like, I don't know, what is what is extreme fisting? I don't, but he's got to explain it to, you know, thousands of other people. Mm-hmm. And how do you have that individual level of conversation? So like, I, I do have the empathy for people who are like, no, we are given these absurd restrictions from people who really aren't willing to look at the nuances of what this could practically look like. Mm-hmm. And now I'm forced to find a couple of loopholes and find the version of the loopholes that I can work within that I can also explain to thousands of humans of different backgrounds and like knowledge levels coming to this. Mm-hmm how to also navigate that loophole without explicitly saying i'm finding a loophole like yeah. how do you do how do you do that with empathy and grace while people are screaming at you like mm-hmm. that's a difficult position to be in yeah and only fans is really bad at it like <laughs> and a lot of i've encountered a lot of companies that are really bad at it right mm-hmm. um so like i can recognize they're in an impossible position and I can hope that they like have that they can navigate it better than many other people do, right? Um, so, as an example, like real briefly, uh, OnlyFans is gonna I'm gonna throw them under the bus because fuck them. <laughs> um, they love to take stuff down uh, from the site. They when if they remove something for a terms of service violation, um, they you get a little pop up with a single still that says this has been removed. I don't know what 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 video that is based on that. I can't necessarily tell you. It's a teeny tiny little thumbnail. No link to the post. Won't tell me what post it is. Won't tell me why it was removed. Says it was removed for terms of service. If you email them and ask, they say terms of service. I say, what bit of terms of service? Read them. <laughs> None of those things are in the video. It's in the terms of service. But it's not. It's in the terms of service. Anyway. <laughs> And you can find countless screenshots of this where I will be like, I will literally be like, none of the, like, I, I had this argument with someone. They were like, you can't have any water sports in there. I'm like, there is no, I'm not even squirting in this. I am just, <laughs> that is a picture of a string of cum between my dick and my boyfriend's. And there's like, there's no piss on this site. I'm like, uh, piss is your piss this piss? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That is, like, the most infuriating version of this. And once again, I understand how you get there. I understand how you can't keep having these conversations all day when Mm -hmm. the people above you are not willing to have the conversation with you. Like, if you're like, no, I can't get answers. How the fuck am I going to give all of you answers? Like, yeah. Yeah. Again, I get it. (laughs) But, like, alternatively... I signed up for Wish Tender uh, this week, which is a wish list site that is explicitly comfortable with working with sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you s- sign up in their FAQ, they have sections of the stuff that you can't ask for because, and it says, our credit card processors do not allow us to ask for XYZ things because of this agreement. And we like keeping our fees in the low risk area. Credit card processors often have a higher risk processing fees for industries relating to sexuality and drug use weed gets 
lumped into the same stuff as us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a limited number of processors and they charge exorbitant fees, which tender is like, I don't want to give you those fees. So these are the windows we have to stay within to not get in those fees. And then it says things like, can you ask for like weed or drug funds? No. Can you ask for herbs? Yes, <laughs> you can. <laughs> and it's like, can I ask for sex toys? No, no, our credit card processors won't allow that. Can you ask for a body massager? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> and like, perfect. Great. Thank you. Yeah, like, fantastic. Beautiful. Explain to me what, like, be like, this is how my hands are tied, but I want you to be able to do the best you can. They're like, you can't have nudity. You can't have implied nudity. So hands over genitals, no. Lingerie over genitals, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> like, make that line fucking super clear for me or the best you can. Yep. And and I trust you a hell of a lot more, you know? Yep. Anyway, we're working in an imperfect system. Should I call this episode Sanitize Me, Daddy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that seems right. Although yeah. when you said viscous piss, I was like, hmm, sounds like a title. But then people would think it was about water sports. So. They would. They would. <laughs> it's only a little bit about water sports. I all of our episodes a little bit about water sports at this yeah. point. Like, Sometimes there's implied water sports. <laughs> no implied female water sports, though. That's <laughs> Then Instagram will ban you. <laughs> yep. Gotta stay within the lines. Uh, you cut my nipples off just to let and put them back on, just so Instagram would let me show them on their site. <laughs> <laughs> Same nipples, they're allowed now. Anyway. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dildorks. My name is Kate Sloan. You can find my blog at girlyjuice.net. You can subscribe to my newsletter for five bucks a month. That's where a lot of the paywalled, more personal content I mentioned earlier is stuff that I just think people would yell at me about sometimes if I (laughs) posted it publicly and I don't love that. Um, That's at katesloan.email. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. And you can check out my songs on YouTube. Uh, there was one last week about phone sex. There's one this week about uh, self-love, not as a euphemism for masturbation, just regular old self-love. Just search Kate Sloan on YouTube. Where's your stuff? I like that you got to clarify, because don't you also have <laughs> self-love songs that are about masturbation? I did write a song about masturbation like less than a month ago, yes. Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm Billy Lore. Uh, you can watch my videos about masturbation uh, over at billylore.com. Uh, I also have links to all my workshops over there um, because do you, I do, do all you these think things. porn of you jerking off is a video about masturbation? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, I guess that's technically correct. It's technically true. It's just yeah. like I'm going to start calling porn videos about sex. Like. It's a documentary. <laughs> A cockumentary, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, I have. Oh, I'm going to tell you off air and like maybe on the bonus episode, but I have a new idea for like the biggest budget porn thing I'm going to do in a minute that may turn into a series. Going to be quite fun. Anyway, tell you in a bit. Okay. the fuck am I? Oh, you can find my workshops on billylore.com. I have been, uh, I scheduled them for February. Um, Because I took a little bit off for the holidays, but I'm getting back to teaching. I have three workshops scheduled this month, so head over there to get tickets for those. Um, 
together with the Dildorks, we're, oh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at Billy Lore and at Billy Lore underscore, respectively. Together we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. Head over to patreon.com slash Dildorks. Toss a couple of bucks our way. For $6 a month, you get access to our Discord. And at $12 a month, you get access to our exclusive Patreon-only bonus episodes, where I'll probably tell you about my new porn ideas. I generally do. <laughs> I want to say thank you to our top-tier Patreon supporters whose support we so appreciate. That was a lot of the word support. Uh, <laughs> Nat, Argo, Amy, Amelia, Stabitha Christie, and MB. I want to say thank you to Protodome, who did our theme song. It's called I Want You in My Bedroom off his album Chip Funk. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, jerkmate.com. Don't forget to use our coupon code, dildorks10. That's dildorks10 for 10 free gold tokens on their site. Mm -hmm. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Also, uh, the article that I was working on today is a, mm -hmm. was 1,500 words on That's... how to use a rose toy, like that rose pressure wave toy. <laughs> how, how, how much could there possibly be to say about it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I went into sort of the history of the toy, how it went viral. Okay. I went into uh, you should use lube with it. Uh, I went into kind of more general sex toy stuff like start low and work your way up and like don't pressure yeah. yourself to orgasm and like all that kind of stuff because it's just it's because people are googling that like that's why I've been assigned to do it because it's for SEO. But... It's just an SEO word that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because I was like who who wanted that? <laughs> they sell a bunch of interesting rose themed toys. <laughs> yeah weird that that's like the trendy TikToky thing now anyway i know i it's like we've had flowery and pretty toys uh for a long time right. sorry i'm just i'm just adjusting my volume because it looks like i'm really quiet you sound louder you sound better now okay yeah you weren't like terribly quiet but you were a little, like my volume on my computer is higher than it normally would be for recording so yeah i think i had turned it down because i was recording better, some yeah. belting uh, ah, for my nice. for my song yes. I do stuff that's just like really uh, – how am I going to put this diplomatically? <laughs> um, I had one other thing that I'm – sorry. It's okay. Um, excuse me, Lightning. Why are you interrupting me? <laughs> yes? Hello? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's making me think about how – uh, this is a whole thing. I don't even know if I should get it. <laughs> I just was having all these like daddy issues thoughts and now I'm Ugh. like I don't even I don't even the place for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm.